Yo, what's going on first and foremost? This is unprofessional as fuck with your host, Rut. Popping brews. Getting to it on this Saturday evening. Not just any Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. This is Saturday, June 19th. Juneteenth. Officially a federal holiday. Signed by President Biden. Long overdue. Um, just as much as the day that it... Just as much as, as, as the uh, reasoning behind the day. Um, it's horrible that a day like this has to be celebrated in one instant because... There should have never been that travesty that had gone on in this country for that long. We all wish that we could just forget about slavery or remove it or take it out. I mean, it's just, it's a shame that it ever happened and it's a blessing to now be celebrating federally the holiday of the day that the last slaves were freed in America. With that being said, I just wanted to read a passage. I seen somebody post. I wanted to uh, touch on it to begin the pod. And it goes like this. Juneteenth honors the date in 1865 when the last of the enslaved individuals learned the USA officially designated them free. Two years following the Emancipation Proclamation, from that day in 1865 to the present, the black community continues to fight for authentic freedom, recognized through the acknowledgement of harm done, acceptance across society, and equal treatment from hiring practices to criminal justice. That was a post I seen today on somebody's story and just wanted to uh, read that to begin the pod. And once again, just... Acknowledge the fact that uh, this country has been doing wrong for a long time and it's about time we start acknowledging our faults and putting forth effort to try to correct them. So shout out to President Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, anybody who had something to do with it is much appreciated. Uh, and congrats. Now, today I was trying to tell y'all Game seven, Bucks and Nets. And this game, let me tell you, did not disappoint. In the fourth quarter, with about three minutes left, I posted a video of the game with the caption, Instant Classic. You could already tell. It was shaping out. had all the makings of a classic game. Battle tested on each end of the court. Um, In the end... Well, before we get to in the end, let's just say with two seconds left in regulation, Kevin Durant pulls up as far of a two-pointer as possible, feet on, toes on the line of the three-point line, turn around, shoots, defender in his face. Nobody thought it had a chance to go in. It goes in. Now, I say this to say this to get back to it later. At that moment, you seen KD with a grimace on his face after he hits another killer shot. I mean, anybody else hits this shot and they're ecstatic. They're celebrating. They're, they're stank facing the camera. They're playing up to the crowd. They're all the above, right? 
KD hits this shot, and I'm telling you, in live, real actual time while I'm watching it, I seen the disappointment on his face. He knew it. He knew his feet were on the line. He knew it was a tying basket, not a game winner. He knew it wasn't going to go uh, back on the other side of the court with the pressure on the Bucks to score to win. They review it. They go in. They see, of course, like we all seen, toes on the line, two-point basket. At the end of regulation, uh, Giannis pulls up a ugly turnaround shot, goes over the end of the backboard, out of bounds, game over. Sorry, end of regulation. End of regulation at this time, if KD hasn't played every minute, he's maybe sought out one. Um, James Harden playing the majority of the game, all of regulation, I believe. I'm sorry. They were at 42 minutes at some point. They talked about their... Uh, their time on court, and and let's just say KD ended the game with 53 minutes played. Let that sink in. Before I go any further, like I said, they go to overtime. In overtime, battle, back and forth, back and forth. What I think was the deciding factor is you had a team going against a one-headed monster. When you get into the playoffs and you're playing just a regulation amount of time, with the intensity, with the less foul calls being called, the refs letting them play a little more, just the physicality of the game in general. Once you get to the end, you're beat up. Now to go an additional five on top of that, as KD did with the entire defenses converging on him, daring anybody else to make a basket... Don't get me wrong, he had other teammates who made plays today, but in the end, KD scores 48 in a loss. Yes, folks, in a loss. The Bucks find a way to pull it out. The final score ends up being 115-111. But KD turns around, shoots his shot, and he just didn't have it. He didn't have the legs. It was just too much, man, too too tiring, too too much of a toll, and, and kudos to that man. I'm taking nothing away from him. I want to, first and foremost, give my respect to that man as a baller. Um, I'm a Sacramento Kings fan, as many of you may not know, but I was also following and, and very much supporting the Golden State Warriors during their run pre-KD, post-KD, during KD. And um, he showed his ass in, in Golden State, but this level of intensity to come back and people are forgetting this man came off of a year off it's unheard of man to see this motherfucker come in ball the way that he does it's just hats off to him um remarkable season take nothing away from the bucks their team played hard Giannis played hard towards the end they were going tip for tat chris middleton not enough is said about him. The defense of P.J. Tucker, the chippiness, uh, everything that he contributes to that team. He is uh, a driving force in that squad, whether it shows up on the stats or not. Just the work that he puts in needs to be acknowledged. Uh, another acknowledgement for the first season for Steve Nash as a head coach, a head coach to get this deep in the playoffs with the roster he had with injuries, having to shuffle, having to uh, make adjustments. I just want to give him sh- a shout out. Uh, James Harden for coming off of the bench when you were injured, trying to make a go of it these past two games. I give you all the credit. Um, and unfortunately, this is the moment where I have to indict 
Kyrie Irving. I have to ask this man how he could sit on the sideline in street clothes on side on the side of the court and watch KD go to war. Watch that man literally give it all he's got on the court, leave it all on the court. Uh, when he came over and he decided that he was going to be a part of this Brooklyn Nets team, it was of the mindset that he was going to have Kyrie Irving with him. This is pre-James Harden. Nobody was thinking about Harden. That wasn't even a thought at this time. But he knew he had Kyrie Irving, some of the pieces that they weren't going to have to give up on that team. He thought he was uh, he was getting some help. He didn't think he was going to come and have to take care of things on his own. Not to say that James Harden didn't come and play. Not to say that, that Kyrie didn't contribute in the regular season. But when it matters the most and your team absolutely needs you to be on the court and give it whatever you have. A minute, two minutes, three minutes. Uh, challenge yourself because the rest of your career, man, you don't know. You don't know if you're in this opportunity again. You don't know if you guys come back, stay all together. You don't know what happens. But Kyrie just, man, I, I would feel extremely guilty on the sideline if I was you. And KD again has off. But the Milwaukee Bucks advance, y'all. So that's enough. You know what I mean? Enough talk about the Nets. Their season is over. The Milwaukee Bucks now await the winner of uh, ATL and Philly. Atlanta Hawks will play the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow, tomorrow evening in Game 7 to see who's going to go up against Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's going to be another great game. I don't know uh, if anybody's seen Trey Young coming into the league and doing this this early, but um, that man is deserving of a lot of credit. And uh, they got one in ATL. Now, game one of the Western Conference Finals will be played tomorrow prior to that game seven game. Phoenix Suns will be going against the L.A. Clippers. Uh, we have all-stars. Uh, we have main major players, major injuries on both sides. Uh, Phoenix will be playing without CP3 due to the COVID regulations and rules. Uh, don't know when he'll be back. He has been confirmed out for the game one. Uh, L.A. Clippers will be without Kawhi Leonard. They do have playoff P. Paul George, PG-13, is in the building. He's been playing out of his mind lately, and he's going to have to keep that up to go against this Phoenix team who won't be without Chris Paul for long and still has that dangerous man, Devin Booker, along with DeAndre Ayton coming into his own and all the pieces they have. That's going to be a great game, um, a great series. So we just hope that everything goes as planned in that one and we we avoid injuries and just see the best team win. In uh, other sports news today, Jamar, Jamal Charlo defended his title to continue to be undefeated, remains undefeated at 32-0 in a unanimous decision over Juan Macias. Uh, just saw the tidbits on this one. I didn't watch the fight, and the reason why is because, of course, who watches actual boxing now when we have these fuck-ass exhibitions? I didn't even know this one was on today. I was notified by a friend of mine. He put me on. Sorry, y'all. He put me on and let me know that this was on today. Tribute to the Kings is what it is called. Now, I didn't watch much of it because I was watching, of course, Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Eastern Conference Semi, sorry. But um, when I did catch it, I was disturbed to see that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., Jr., y'all, 
was going to be on the card along with his father, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. Now, Sr. was fighting and whooping ass when I was a child. I'm 35 now. I don't know his age. I'll get to that later. The parts I caught was Chavez Jr. going up against Anderson Silva. Yes, Anderson Silva from the UFC, the Brazilian all-star legend, uh, living legend in that sport. I was surprised to know that he had kickboxing and actual boxing experience prior to this professionally. Um, Another event where I thought it was just going to be a shit show. And for one side of the uh, card, it was Chavez Jr. Chavez Jr. He came in, missed weight was not prepared, was the boxer in the boxing ring and was outdone by Anderson Silva, the UFC fighter, beats him in a, in a split decision that should not have been split, should have been unanimous, dominated the entire fight. Sad to see the uh, legacy of Chavez Sr. not being carried on by his son. You wish that he would just stay out of the ring if he's not going to uphold that name and that legacy. Speaking of upholding that name and that legacy and wishing that they were not in the ring, currently, right now, Chavez Sr. is fighting on that same card. I refuse to watch it. I came out to burn one, drink a brew or two, and and, and record this podcast with y'all. But Chavez Sr. is facing Hector Camacho Jr. Of course, Camacho Sr. has passed on. Rest in peace to him and, and prayers and condolences to his family. They're all involved. But Hector Camacho Jr. now is doing interviews pre-fight saying he's going to whoop his ass. His father would have told him to whoop Chavez's ass. Something that, let me tell you, your your father couldn't do. Um, Chavez defeated your father. And uh, I think it's going to be pathetic to see what what rolls into the ring what they what they do with this. They say it's an exhibition. I'm sure it's going to play out however it plays out. I just would not be able to go to sleep at night if I watched a card on the on an event called Tribute to the Kings and what they do is they bring out a king in the sport, a living legend in the Latin community, the Mexican fighter Michael Jordan of Mexican fighters, if you ask anyone. You bring him into the ring to do what? Camacho Junior? That's what we're doing now, folks. Is there no respect for the legends? Anyway, my bad. I'm distracted. I see this big-ass fucking bug flying around while I'm recording this shit. I ain't tripping off the bug, but this motherfucker's coming in hot. If you pick him up on the mic, this motherfucker look like a like a PJ coming in for a fucking emergency landing. My bad, y'all got sidetracked. Anyway, like I was saying, tribute to the Kings, I think not more so like a um, disrespectful display. Uh... I won't be watching it, and I'm sure they'll still make their money. They'll still do their numbers without me. Um, But I I just don't want to see that man go out like that or come into the ring like that, for one. Uh, Music, Isaiah Rashad, member of TDE. He dropped another single. Um, This one's a little more my speed. And... uh, Basically, with two singles out now, you know the album's around the corner. Uh, his last album, Sun's Tirade, was one of my go-to albums. Listen to it quite often. Before that, he had uh, 
the demo album. I'm excited to see more, hear more, and uh, hopefully see live Isaiah Rashad somewhere soon. Happy's back out. Her dropped her debut album. I haven't had the opportunity to listen to it fully. Don't want to give a review, but I did hear songs with features from Ty Dolla Sign from Corday. Of course, she has the Damage single on there um, and the YG single slide. You already got three, four classic songs on there. I'm sure the rest is going to follow that soon and be uh, just another work of art from her. <laughs> Pun intended. I'm sorry, man. Basically, y'all, I just wanted to touch in with y'all tonight just to give you guys updates on the sports I was watching. Give y'all updates on uh, a few of these new music segments. I mean, a few of these, a few of these songs, singles, albums that have been released. Keep y'all up to date with those as well as. Let me see. Yeah, something else. Nipsey Hustle. Congratulations to Nipsey Hussle. He's to receive a 2022 star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Wish we could have seen it happen while he was alive. But nonetheless, he will be getting his star on the Walk of Fame. I believe Cardi B is also getting hers that day. Just congratulations to Nip. Never forgotten the marathon does continue, sir. Uh, I want to personally thank you as somebody who recorded hip-hop music and as just a, a student of the game and a fan of yours, I want to thank you for your contributions, for where you were taking this game, for the things that you have put down um, that are documented on albums that are now audio lessons that children can listen to and, and you're talking to them about ownership and and, um, and all the avenues that you put these young young men's mind through, young ladies' mind through, just, just the contributions that you have given to this game. I want to thank you. And I want to, um, again, give my prayers and condolences to Lauren London and the entire Nipsey Hussle family. Rest in peace, Nip, and congratulations on your walk, of, your uh, star on the Walk of Fame. Now, with that being said, I did have another little good news segment that I wanted to share. As promised, I wanted to continue to bring some sort of good news. So um, this week, I found a little something about a Native American tribe I wanted to share. Now, first of all, good news is Juneteenth is a federal holiday now, so let's just not let's not be removed from that. But prior to today, when I was looking for good news, I ran across this. And, and forgive me, y'all, if I uh, butcher these names, but this is the headline I read. Um, Native American tribe in Maine gets back sacred island taken away 160 years ago. Now, again, I apologize if I butcher these names, but I just wanted to share this. The Pasa Maquadi tribe reacquired 140 acres of their ancestral territory thanks to help from the native, from the Nature Conservancy, Conservancy, excuse me, which granted them funds to purchase Pine Island, known to them as, sorry, just just jump, known to them as Kuesiui Munich, the largest island on Big Lake, Maine. The place has deep historical and cultural significance to the Passamaquoddy community. The small tribe of 3,700 Native Americans had lived there for at least 10,000 years. The tribe felt the land was lo- the land lost was an injustice, explains Indian Township's Chief William Nicholas uh, 
Today, with the island's return, he continues, there is no doubt that the ancestors are jumping all over the place over there. Because of the cultural significance, regaining this stolen treaty land has a high priority for the tribe, was a high priority for the tribe. Let's see. For 449000 you could buy 143 acres of forest with sweeping views of the rugged shoreline in Big Lake in Maine, a unique property steeped in history. With only two owners in the last 95 years, wrote the real estate agent, Chief Nicholas contracted contacted first light a collective advocates a collective of advocates working to serve as a bridge between conservation organizations and tribal communities first light and the nature conservancy in maine partnered with the tribe to remedy in historical injustice and reacquire the island now i don't want to continue uh butchering names or reading this horribly, but I just did want to shed some light on that. Congratulations to the Passamaquoddy tribe. And um, it's horrible that it was taken, but congratulations on getting your land back. Now, checking the time, y'all. I'm at the 21-minute mark. I don't want to overstep my boundaries, take too much of y'all time. So thank you again for paying attention, for tuning in, for fucking with your boy. This is Unprofessionals Fuck with your host, Ruck. Tap in.